body. Let me just read a few accomplishments uh, from last anniversary service to today. Amen. What has taken place along with all of our regular ministries, everything that's been continuing. We haven't stopped doing anything, but we've added too. Our church family has grown spiritually with many conversions and baptism, and this morning is another indication how much we are growing with the freedom of worship that's in this place, with the, the freedom of, of, that you can come and just, if you feel like bowing down or, or if you feel like hitting the altars and praying, the freedom that is, it is increased over this last year. Somebody say amen. And I thank God for that. Give the Lord a good hand clap for that. Amen. That's what we're praying for. Our average Sunday morning attendance, we have a lot of people not here today for various reasons. Kim and Pam are in St. Louis. There are several people that are sick. There are a lot of things going on with some of the people of the congregation. And we are still almost full today. Somebody say amen. We have been averaging about 150 to 175 on Sunday mornings. We are growing. Somebody say amen to that. On Wednesday night, our attendance has grown, and we are averaging between 175 and 200 on Wednesday nights. Great. Oh, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. That's awesome. Amen. Our van ministry has increased greatly thanks to Kathy and John and Randall and all those that drive the van. They are doing and all of our monitors, Paige and Billy, that everybody that helps on the van. It has increased Sunday mornings and Sunday nights. This time last year, we were only running one van on Sunday mornings and halfway filling it up. Now we're doing two vans. Somebody say amen to that. Praise God. And Wednesday nights, we are in a place now, we are about 75 coming in on our vans. And uh, actually, I, I spoke with someone this week. They have their CDL, CDL license, uh, and if we obtain a bus, they are willing to come and drive for us on Wednesday nights. Somebody say amen. You say, well, that'll do away with our van ministry. No, we'll fill up our vans and a bus. Amen. Praise God. Uh, we was able to purchase a second van this year, another van that replaced Old Brownie. Everybody remembers Old Brownie, but we, get, we were able to get a, a better van. Uh, we started our Recover All program, which has been an amazing program for this church body and for this community. Amen. And you saw that this morning. Thank God for that. Our after-school feeding program was started this year in partnership with the YMCA, and we now are feeding anywhere from 150 to 175, sometimes as many as 200 a week right now, and I expect that to continue to grow through the summer. Amen. Praise God. Started the foundation and generational class. Generation class. Brother Chris Lindsay does that the fourth Sunday of each month and uh, doing a great job with that. Uh, we also started the church library. We're getting ready to revamp that and do some things and get that started back. I know we've been in a dormant situation for the last couple or a few months with that. But they're going to, Candace is working to get that kicked back off and get that going again. We have a great church library and a lot of great books. Uh, we expanded our media, our outreach media, by podcasting our messages now. Amen. Sending out over the airwaves. So if you don't know what that is on, on, our, on your announcement sheet, go to Buzzsprout's Grace Warehouse and all that, and you'll find us, and you can listen to the message. That we, I had a call from Frankfurt this week. The family in Frankfurt said we are enjoying so much hearing the messages every week. Amen. So praise God for that. We'll be also podcasting not only my messages, but we'll be podcasting Chris's lessons and other things going on in the church from time to time. Amen. And we're getting ready to start streaming live in the next few weeks, hopefully. Somebody say amen. Praise God. We are working on that, Candace and Ronnie and Brittany. Thank God for Brittany back there, too. She's working with the media. We thank God for Cheryl. It's always back there, but we're working together, and we'll be live streaming hopefully in the next few weeks. We planted a church in India this year. 
We planted a church in India this year. There are people in India that are going to be hearing the gospel for the very first time. Amen. Our partnership with that planting that church, they, what they do for the first two years, they train the people, they train the ministry team that's going to be ready to, to launch that. They have not actually had a service yet, but they're in training. They're also in training of how they can support themselves without any other money coming to them. Self-supportive in India. They'll be learning how to do that in the next two years. Our commitment is with them for two years, and then we'll pick up another church. Somebody say amen. What's going to be so cool, all of you that have come to me and said, I want to go on a missionary trip. Once that church is planted, and once we get it together, you'll be able to go on a missionary trip to India to visit our church. Our church. God's church through us. It's God's church. Well, that's exciting. Amen. How many can stand an airplane flight for about 17 hours? Amen. Look to somebody and say, I hope I sit next to you. We also, in the last year, started a, a brand new family care ministry under the, under the direction of Brother Sammy Franklin. We're excited about that. He helps so much in getting things together when we have a need, such as food for a family, if we need to feed someone or take care of something with funeral arrangements and all kinds of things. He's so awesome to deal with with that. He has also been right there for me when I cannot be there. He is always there. Uh, so if you don't see me, you see him. Sometimes you see both of us, and that's dangerous. Amen. And I was honored this year to be able to name Sammy as my assistant pastor, or this church's assistant pastor. Amen. Praise God. A lot of accomplishments. A lot of accomplishments. Can we uh, just go to the Lord in prayer before we get into God's Word? Father, we thank you for everything that you're doing and everything you're going to do, Father. We can't praise you enough. And we just say, Lord, just be with us, God. We want to do it by your blueprints. We want to do everything you are wanting us to do and how you want us to do it. So, Father, we thank you, God, for moving on this service already today. We ask you now to open our hearts to receive your word. God, anoint us as we speak your word this morning in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. Well, we've, I just read a lot of accomplishments. And uh, it has been a lot of accomplishments. But I want to talk to you about something that's missing sometimes. But not all the time, because we are one of the most loving churches, I think, in Madisonville. But sometimes we got some things we need to work on. So I could not speak to you this morning or preach to you without challenging you. Somebody say amen. And, you know, we can pat each other on the back all day long, but if we're not challenged to improve in some areas, we'll get stagnant and dormant and become not effective. So this morning I'm going to challenge you on some things and the name of this message today is Love, the Missing Link. Love, the Missing Link. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I had a whole other message planned to preach, and God changed it yesterday evening. So uh, I love it when he does that. Man, I've been thinking all week long and studying all week long, and he turns around and changes it. And boy, God does that sometimes. Love, the Missing Link. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Paul was talking, well in the Greek it really means if it were possible to speak with tongues of men and angels. Paul was not discounting or, or, or playing down the role of, of speaking in tongues. It's very important. I love it. You'll hear me do it a lot heard a lot of it this morning in praise and worship 
But what Paul was saying, if you do these things and you don't have love, you become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal, or in other words, you become just a noise. And we have churches all over the place, and we have been guilty of it from time to time probably, where we come in and we worship and we do all this, but yet we don't show love. It may look good, it may sound good, but if you're not showing love, all you are to God is a bunch of noise. Somebody say amen. But with love, with love, things get done. Amen. Verse 2. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. You know, I am all about the spiritual gifts. I want this church operating in spiritual gifts. Man, I, I, I desire that, Chris. I want to see every spiritual gift in operation. Gift of prophecy, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, gift of tongues, interpretation of tongues, all the way, faith, healing, all the gifts. I want to see them all in operation. And they're all very powerful, and they're all important to the body of Christ. But if we have every service, somebody coming in prophesying, somebody praying over somebody, and somebody getting healed, and all great things are happening, but we do all these things and we don't have love, it means nothing. Matter of fact, Revelations even talks about uh, when God's word was going to the church of Ephesus, you're doing some mighty good things. You're doing some great works, it said. You're doing all kinds of good stuff. And, we, and through the community, it's being noised abroad what's happening out of Grace Warehouse Church. Things are, are happening. People are getting some things done in the community. But if we don't follow that by showing love, it means nothing. God is saying, it don't mean a thing to me. If I'm grading you, you're getting a big fat zero. If you do all those things, even though they're good works, even though there's things getting accomplished, if you're doing those without love, it means zero to me. That's what God says. Somebody say amen. Praise God. And again, I'm going to tell you that I appreciate this church body because I hear the compliment constantly when, when people come in for the very first time, what they feel when they walk through these doors, love. They feel it. But we can still do better even. Somebody say amen. So don't stop doing what you're doing. Let's just improve and just keep improving on what we're doing. Somebody say amen. Praise God. Verse 3. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity or have not love, it profits me nothing. We can do all this. We can feed 200 people a week. You can present yourself as a living sacrifice, not really literally being burned, but you can just be first, whatever. And if you do it all and you don't show love, you haven't accomplished anything. You are nothing to God. That sounds tough. One of the things this is showing me, though we mess up sometimes and we don't, have, and we don't show love like we should, that God uses less than perfect individuals and vessels to move through. Aren't you happy about that? That even though we may mess up, we may miss it sometimes, He still uses us. But the end result is, is what is being accomplished. And in His eyes, it still is nothing if we're not showing love. Somebody say amen. Praise God. All right. Verse 4. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity 
or love envieth not, it vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Thank God for people that have patience. With the different ministries we deal with every week, Wednesday nights in particular, you know all of our patience sometimes runs very thin. Turn to somebody and say, Amen. <laughs> and if you talk to me on Wednesday nights, you can see Pastor Gary, is his patience is running sometimes pretty thin. Matter of fact, sometimes you, as a congregation, which I love, keep doing it, you come to me and tell me to chill out. You look stressed, Pastor. Well, I am. But I'm trying to get people loaded on vans, and I'm trying to do this. And about that time, somebody comes up and says, Pastor, can I talk to you for a minute? Excuse me. I am trying to, you know. So stress enters the picture. But we have to be patient. We have to have long-suffering. We have to deal with each other. You know what? We're not going to all arrive at the same time or the same place, so we have to be patient with each other. You may be in a mistake or, or doing some things you shouldn't be doing, and you may not realize or you may not stop it right. But I've got to be patient with you as I'm instructing you. Same way in our marriages. Donna has to be patient with me. We've been married coming this Friday. It's going to be 34 years. Somebody say amen. She has been very patient for me. I've almost arrived. She has been very patient with me. Bless her, Lord. Thank you, John. You're getting me back, aren't you? Yeah. Not yet. Okay. It's a movie out like that. Have you had enough yet? <laughs> so she's being patient. So we have to be patient with each other. We've got to be kind with each other. Love envieth not. We can't be walking around saying, well, I wish I had that, or I wish I was them, or I wish, you know. Every... We can't be envying each other. We can't be envying the person down the street. How many have passed by a house lately and you know that they don't go to church, they don't pay their tithes, they're probably a heathen dog sometimes, and, you know, and, and you're wondering, why, God, are you blessing them? They have a brand-new car in the driveway. A house is immaculate. The yard looks great. Why are you blessing them? The kids are acting right, everything. Why are you blessing them? Can I tell you right now, God is not interested in your opinion. He is not interested in your whining. He is going to bless who he's going to bless when he wants to bless them. So get over it. It's work. Get over it, and we pray it over the neighborhood. Just pray for them. That's hard to do. You're sitting there driving a 1943 jalopy, and they're sitting there with this brand new, and, uh, and Lord, bless them. Bless them. Bless them. God, bless them. You've got to keep doing it. Bless them. Lord, what are you going to bless them? How many find that hard to do sometimes? We all do. But envy is not. We're not going to envy. We're not going to envy. We're going to love. Love or charity vaunteth not itself. It never, it never goes around bragging about it. Even though we've got all these great things happening and God is blessing and moving through us at Grace Warehouse Church, we can never take the stance or take the, the place of, of getting on a pedestal and bragging about it and saying, look what we're doing. Because we are only doing it by the grace of God. He's moving through us. Somebody say amen. So we can't get all puffed up walking around all and, and act like we're all that in a bag of chips. Turn to somebody and say, you're really not all that in a bag of chips. 
I love you. You need to turn back to him and say, I love you, but you're really not all that in a bag of chips. Amen. Matter of fact, turn to somebody and say, you need to just get over yourself right now. Amen. Not puffed up. Verse 5 says, love does not behave itself unseemingly. Love does not behave itself unseemingly. It seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. We've got to forget about ourselves and we've got to be thoughtful to others is what this verse is telling us. We cannot be selfish. When I say that, we need to be praying for every church in Madisonville to be filled up to the max. Somebody say amen. Can't be selfish. We can't think, well, we're the only ones. In t- no, 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 no. We need to be a part. That's why we're pr- partnering with all these other churches this morning, praying together. And I'm looking for the day, and, and Judge Whitledge is actually being instrumental in some of this too, bringing churches together for a common cause. Somebody say amen. That we can get something accomplished working together. There's power in unity. Somebody say synergy. Synergy is when we come together. There's power there. There's another church right now that's contacting us, and we're praying about how we can do it, what we need to do. They've contacted us. We would love to bring our young people to your youth service on Wednesday nights. First of all, I said, are you crazy? But they want to bring them here. And, and leave them for about six weeks so they can bring back to their church what's going on here. Now that's called unity and called synergy, and God is wanting to do something there. We just hadn't figured out all the logistics. Everything is supposed to happen in that. Be praying about that. But in that, we are also partnering with other pastors in town that, that if Sammy and I can't get to you for whatever reason, if somebody has a need in our ministry team, Ricky, or, or if we can't get to you, and there's needing to be some counseling, that other pastors that we can trust, and they can trust us, I can pick the phone up and say, can you meet with so-and-so? They will meet with that person for three weeks or so, counsel with them, and then turn them back to us. Somebody say amen. We would do the same with them. That pastor can't, t- he, he can't get to you, or he's going through a crisis. Cr- and, and so Pastor Gary's going to take over from me for about three weeks and, and counsel with you. And then I would turn them back to them. We wouldn't try to steal them. That's what we've got to get past is a community thinking we're going to steal each other's sheep. Somebody say amen. So love. Somebody say love, 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 love. Yeah. True love. Amen. Verse 6. It rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. That means it never gossips about mistakes of others. True love never gossips, never runs out saying, "Did you know this happened? To, this happened over here." You know, did you know, hey, I got something to tell you about this person. Get on Facebook and you light it up. You never gossip. You never talk about the mistakes of others. Galatians six and one. I'll use this scripture I was sharing with someone yesterday. Galatians six and one says, "When you see your brother overtaken in a fault." You have a right to confront them and talk to them and pray with them and say, hey, you're doing something wrong. But you do it in a spirit of meekness, kindness. The rest of that scripture says, considering yourself that ye also may be tempted to make a mistake. Don't say mistake, but that's what it's saying. Consider yourself you will, that you can also be tempted. 
Can I tell you right now, turn to somebody and say, you're one mistake from disaster. Remembering that, remembering that, that we must always have love and kindness when somebody's making a mistake, not gossiping, but helping restore them. Somebody say amen. Love. Everybody say love. Love never faileth. Verse 8. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Actually, that is talking about the resurrection. There's not going to be any need for any of that when Jesus comes back. Amen. All that's going to be gone away with. Verse number 9. For now we know in part, and we prophesy in part. We have part knowledge, and we, have, we sometimes prophesy in part with part knowledge. But when that which is perfect is come, which Jesus, when he returns, then that which is in part shall be done away with. Verse 11. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Can I tell you right now, it's time for all of us to grow up. Somebody say amen. Come on, you might as well say amen. I know it stepped on my feet too. It's time for all of us to grow up. When I was a child, and, and all of us have been baby Christians, but you can't stay a baby Christian forever. Matter of fact, I don't even find that term in the Bible, baby Christian. But we can't stay in that, that mentality all of our life as a Christian. There's come a time when you've got to grow up and realize the person that we're reaching that's just coming in, they are actually the baby Christian. We are now in a state of maturity. Somebody say amen. What happens so many times is though mature Christians, and some of them have been Christians for 50 years, they, they are still over here in the baby syndrome. And they're still saying, feed me, Pastor Gary. Feed me, Pastor Gary. Feed me, Pastor Gary. And God is saying to you, get up off your seat and feed yourself and go minister to somebody. Somebody say amen. So we got to get past, when I was a child, I spake and said, we can't be children forever. We've got to grow up. Somebody say amen. Praise God. Turn to somebody and say, this is word this morning. This is word. For now we see through a glass darkly, verse 12. But then, Chris, I like this. You talked about this Wednesday night. But then we're going to see face to face. We are going to come into full completeness and full knowledge when Jesus returns. Full knowledge. Things you don't understand right now. Actually, we always hear this. Well, I get to heaven, I'm going to ask some questions. You're not either. You're going to, you're going to get there and you're going to worship, man. You're going to, you ain't going to get up there and say, Jesus, I didn't understand. Why did you do it? Melissa, you guys are not going to get up there and say, Jesus, why did you let our house burn down? You may not understand it right now. God, let me just say this right now to you. God is getting ready to do something that's going to be so miraculous through this. Get ready for it. I'm already seeing it happen. I'm already seeing God doing some things. Even as I talk to some people at the fire Friday, I'm already seeing God moving. I'm seeing a community coming together and moving. Amen. Praise God. Love is being just bestowed on them. Amen. Praise God. We're going to understand once we see Christ face to face. We're going to know everything. Verse 13, And now abideth faith, hope. We all need faith and we all need hope and love. 
But the greatest of all of these is love. It's love. I could have someone come in here in a wheelchair and I could pray for them and they stand right up and that would be the greatest thing. But if I don't have love, it means nothing. Somebody say amen. So we have to have love. Turn to Matthew 16 and 18. Candace, if you would, come on to the keyboard. Amen. Matthew 16 and 18. How many's ever been so in love that you do stupid things? Oh, did I say stupid again? Man, I, I do. Ella's here. Forgive me, Ella, if you're out here. And a little kid always corrects me when I say stupid from the platform. How many ever does silly things? It's just you wish you could go back and change how you did that. Words you say sometimes. When you're in love, you do all kinds of stuff. I remember Don and I, when we were on our honeymoon and we were in Florida, and uh, we were looking for that secluded beach, man, where nobody was around. We could lay a blanket down. We could just enjoy, just enjoy the day, just about the ocean breeze, man. It was just going to be awesome. First of all, when we got to Florida on our honeymoon, they gave us for a rental car. It's supposed to have been a sports car. We run around in, convertible even. The most ugly Ford Fairmont. It, on Army Green, had yellow interior. And if you don't know what a Ford Fairmont is, it is not pretty. And it looks like an army car. And and I was I didn't want to argue with him because on the on the flight down I got stopped up in my ears, I got sick, I didn't have, I just wanted to get to the hotel. So we accepted this ugly Ford Fairmont to run around in. So we're driving down, we were going from Orlando over to Clearwater Beach. We're looking for this little secluded beach. Jim, you and Donna would appreciate this, I'm sure. Has any married couple ever done something silly? Come on, come on. Yeah, I know. All right. So we're, we're driving. We see this secluded beach off the side, and, and uh, we say, hey, there it is. And this is the first time Donna had been to Florida, I think, and I was taking this, this lovely lady for the first time, going to show her that Manly Gary knows everything about Florida. So we get to this beach. We pull off. We lay the blanket on the beach. This is going to be an awesome time. And we're going to our honey. It's awesome, man. This is This is heaven. We're laying on the blanket, and I turn over and I see all these little scorpions all around. Look like scor- all around our blanket, just everywhere. Now I'm thinking I have taken this girl from Madisonville from her family. She's going to die <laughs> right here on the beach. But true love came through, man. I'm telling you, I I am the man. And so, true love. I said, honey, this is what I want to do. I'm going to go. I'm going. I'm going to go and run for the car. Not keep going. I was going to come back. I'm going to get the car, and I'm going to drive it down as far as I can, as close as I can to you. And then I'm going to come, and I'm going to carry you to the car. And if anybody dies, it'll be me. Just tell them something. It'll be me. If I get bit, I get bit. True love, man. As soon as I put one foot off that blanket, all they just it was sand crabs. It wasn't scorpions, you know. They all disappeared in the sand. Such silly things that we do when you're in love, and you just... And I could go on and on and on how silly she is when she does some things too. I won't. But, but anyway, the old ugly Ford Fairmont. There is was it a Granada? She corrected me. It was a Granada. Same thing. Have you ever seen a Ford Granada? Same thing. Okay, it was ugly. Ugly on a stick. Okay, so true love comes through. 
Matthew 16 and 18. We find Jesus talking to his disciples, and he asks the question, who do people say I am, and all these things. And he says this, after Peter has said, you are, let me just back up, back up to 17. Back up to 16, 16 and 16. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Verse 17, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it to thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Verse 18, He said, And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevent against it, prevail against it. Can everybody say that verse with me? Say it with me. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my say it with me I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it the Lord was saying this to Peter I'm going to build my church upon this rock what, what, what rock he was the rock Jesus was the rock somebody say Jesus was the rock Jesus was love everybody say Jesus was love so therefore if he's building a church on a rock that's Jesus. It's really He's building the church on love. Somebody say amen. Upon this rock, upon love, I'm going to build my church. That's what He was saying. So it's all about love. And once we have that right, the gates of hell, is what He's saying, cannot come in and prevail against you. The gates of hell cannot come against Every demon in Madisville cannot come against us if we are bathing everything we do in love. And if we have built Grace Warehouse Church on the rock, which is Jesus Christ, which is love. Somebody say amen. So our basis of everything we do has to be love. Somebody say amen. Stand to your feet. Amen.